Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo. And first off, I want to offer a belated happy Veterans Day to all my brothers and sisters who are currently serving or have served in the U.S. military. Now, guys, in the United States on November 11th, we celebrate those who served in the armed forces. We call it Veterans Day, right? I myself am a veteran, and I want to send a big thank you out to those serving or who served as soldiers, sailors, airmen, or Marines. I meant to deliver this message last week because now this is the 18th, right? But since I split that podcast a couple weeks ago, the message got pushed back. So anyway, belated, I know, but thank you so much for your service. The other thing I want to mention before continuing with the content on love and freedom is that, brothers, I have a confession to make. Well, it's not so much of a confession (laughs) as much as it is a revelation, You see, brothers, I've been in Oregon for the past 12 weeks or so, and during that time, I've been going through some major energetic shifts, mutations, movements, upgrades, whatever you want to call it, right? And brothers, it is incredibly painful. Not necessarily physically painful, although sometimes it can be physically painful. Sometimes it can feel like there's a four liters of spirit in a three liter body. Or wait a second, you guys are gallons, right? So two gallons of spirit in a one gallon body, which is a physically painful thing to feel. Like your body's basically going to explode. However, it's really more very cognitively and emotionally painful to go through the transitions and transmutations because it is a part of the cycle. There is an upgrade followed by a download and then a new program. And then when the program is run its course, there is a new upgrade. There's a new shift. There's a new evolution. It's like software. You guys know software, right? It's spiritual beings having a human experience. That's what we are. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. We're alpha men having a third dimension experience, right? We're basically software programs running on the hardware package we call a body. And just like when your iPhone needs to update the iOS for more advanced software, right? To evolve, to upgrade, you also go through energetic upgrades as a spiritual being, as an energetic being. So once the upgrade is complete, the new software runs until another upgrade or mutation is required to Continue to advance your mission on earth, whatever it is you're doing. And I'm going through this right now. And when it is complete, I will have a whole new level of concepts to offer you because that is the point of the upgrade. I have to die of my old self to be reborn and teach from the new software. That's the whole idea behind the spiritual resurrection story to die of the old self, be reborn in the new self, and then to experience existence to experience living in that new paradigm. And I'm telling you this for two reasons, brothers. First, because I'm going through a lot of cognitive emotional pain in my life. (laughs) And I want you to know that. I want you guys to know that. I don't often talk about myself. I really don't. Like this whole podcast is based on truth and service. I'm basically offering truth and wanting to deliver it to you. I want to serve you. It's all about you guys. So I don't talk about myself a lot. But I think it's valuable for me to do that now. I think it's valuable for me to tell you guys how much cognitive and emotional pain I'm in because I know that you're going through it too. I want you to know that you're not alone. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Let me start there. I'm grateful for all of you. I haven't been completely candid with all of you about this, right? 
but I believe you're intuitive enough to know, to sense it from the energy in the podcast. You guys have probably known that over the last 12 weeks, I've been in a different type of energy, a very painful energy. And the truth is you are my mission. I'm here for you. I'm here for the academy and I'm here for all my students. That is my mission. The mission is to wake up, to welcome, and to initiate spiritual men into the spiritual path. Those who are seeking to be alpha men. If you want to be a beta male in the world, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that you should be an alpha man or that it's better to be an alpha man. I believe it's better, right? Which is why I teach it. But that doesn't mean that you would find it better. I think you do believe you'll find it better, which is why you're listening to the podcast. And I believe that everybody who has gone through the academy also knows this. But you have to have a calling. You have to come to the academy. So you have to be seeking it. That's what I do and that's why I'm here. That's why I get these upgrades. That's why I get this information from the source. That's why I do my research. That's why I investigate and I go through my own mutations. My gratitude is for all of you because you are the reason I get these shifts. Yes, they are painful. However, they are required for what I am meant to do here and they are happening because of you listening to this podcast. My energy is shifting because there is another level that you are ready to experience and I am prepared to offer you all that next level. Without you seeking the truth, this is you, brother. You understand you are seeking the truth. And without that, I would not be in a position to offer it. I cannot give what is not received. I cannot teach what is not sought. So first, thank you. (laughs) The second reason I'm mentioning all of this is I was beginning to say earlier, because I want you to know that you're not alone. If you've ever felt this way or feeling the same way, it, it can feel like so many different things, right? You are going through a spiritual process. You have been listening to this enough. You've been doing this work enough. If you're feeling this, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. You are an alpha. And not everybody's in touch with this, which may look to you like basically you're coming out of the matrix. While everybody else is in the matrix and running around like a zombie, you are coming out of the matrix. And that is painful, brothers. Some of you may even want to go back in the matrix. So you may be like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this spiritual stuff. I need to go back into the world because there, even though I was cut off and unconscious, At least I wasn't aware. At least I wasn't aware of what's happening. I could just be asleep for my life. And that's okay. You know, we have that. We've seen that. So many humans are asleep to their nature that they aren't open to receive. And thus, they have cut themselves off from these changes. This happens when we resist, right? When we avoid. That's what the whole idea behind the academy is. Because people run from pain. They buffer. They set nice little comfortable lives up and avoid everything that triggers the energy inside that needs to be released in order for these shifts to occur, in order for you to level up into the next paradigm. You cannot fill a cup that is already full, right? You've probably heard that before. And in order for you to have these energetic shifts... You have to let go of the energy that you've been hanging on to. Most people are just hanging on to that energy because that energy is telling them a story of safety. It's telling them a story of protection. Oh, that's what all the buffering is. That's what all the stories are. That's what all the personality and all the identity is. All of that is just a big story of protection. And when you start to take that down and you mutate from the worldly, from the body, from the identity into the spirit, into the energy, into the true self, the alpha, you go through these things. (laughs) This is the alpha path. And brothers, it isn't always rainbows and unicorns. I want you to know that it's not always rainbows and unicorns for me either. You have to know this. You have to know that I am not sitting behind this microphone from a position of authority. I'm sitting behind this microphone from a position of equality. I am feeling this. I'm in it. I'm in the move, brothers. I'm in the shift. 
And it is sometimes very, very painful. You know what? I feel kind of like Connor McLeod when he chopped up the Kurgan's head at the end of Highlander, right? Do you guys remember that movie? It was a long, long time ago. I think it was in the 80s, right? But, you know, I feel everything. I know everything. You know, it's like the T and the F line of totality. It is the quickening, right? According to Connor McLeod, but that's the upgrade. And then when it passes, what I'm left with is the new perspective. I'm left with a new paradigm. I'm left with the new teachings for you guys. And brothers, if you are experiencing these things, and you may not know what you are experiencing because no one has explained to you what this energy is, then you are elevating your alpha and everything is okay. And I know it can feel weird. You know what? Here's what it might feel like for you. It might feel like a midlife crisis, depending on your age. It might feel like the loss of a loved one, right? Like the death of a wife or the death of a parent because you could feel lost. You can feel empty. It might feel like a deep depression. You might like have a lot of sadness, a lot of moving sadness in your body or high-level anxiety. Maybe it's coming from your chest. Maybe you have some agitation in your solar plexus or right above, like in that chest area. And it might even cause you to listen to some of these stories and maybe seek therapy or medication. But brothers, I want to tell you it's normal. This is a part of the process. It's a part of the movement. This is the reason why I teach you cognitive mastery and emotional ownership, because these skills help you manage the process of letting go and leveling up. And you don't need therapy and you don't need drugs. You are shifting into another level of energy that is moving your old energy out and this hurts, but it's necessary. So look, I want to get onto the content here. I know we're about 10 minutes in. Like, I'm going through this now. If you're going through this now and you're hearing me and you're resonating, then just enroll in the academy and we will get you on track. You are 100% okay, my friend. I am okay. You are okay. We are all okay. Nothing is going wrong here, even though it may feel like it is. If you are in a season of sadness, if you're in a season of anxiety, if you're in a season of upgrading, if you're in a season of mutating, if you're in a season of leveling up, letting go, like having all this pass through you, maybe because you've stopped buffering, maybe because you know you stopped avoiding, maybe because you started doing some of this work and you're actually out of the matrix now. You're waking up and it is all okay. If it is something you're experiencing, then reach out. I am here, I understand, and I will help you to help yourself to remember that you are a spiritual being, that you are an alpha that you're not a human being having a problem. You are a spiritual being going through an upgrade. And I knew this content was going to be a little bit longer and deeper than some of the other knowledge I've offered you guys. So we're going to continue with the love and freedom segment today with part three, but it's such important information. We're going to conclude this concept next week, but this is such important information for you guys. And I realize that some of this stuff is advanced level knowledge, and it may be beyond what some of you are working for in your stages of spiritual awakening, right? Some of you just might be feeling this agitation, this movement of energy, whatever we call it, this movement of sadness, this movement of anxiety, this movement of shame, this movement of whatever that's coming through. Just You can maybe even just call it discomfort or pain. It's the elevating of your alpha state. It's all good. And I'm so proud of all of you guys for doing this work. I don't tell you often enough how important it is that you are all taking the initiative to awaken to the next level of consciousness. I have said over and over and will continue to say and that wherever you are in life is perfect. It is exactly where you should be. Those of you who are tuned into this podcast every week, you are exactly where you should be, and that is on the journey to awaken yourself. It is the most divine of human journeys, the spiritual path, the path of the alpha, to walk the path of the soul, to let go of the control of the ego, and surrender to the joy of love and freedom. Brothers, not only is it a blessing, I believe it is a duty for a chosen few who will be leaders of the next age. And I will talk more about this in the coming podcast episodes. I know that that was a big foreshadow. I just want you to know now how proud of you I am. Not that you need any of my external validation. 
You don't need to know how proud of you I am. That should not validate. I mean, you can definitely say thank you, but you don't need my external validation. I just want to tell you for myself, to remind myself, to remind you how important it is that you are doing this work and that you are freeing yourself from the conditioning of the past, from the insanity of the prior age. So let's get on with this. Let's continue the discourse on love and freedom. I want to start by offering today the science the wave-particle duality theory proposed for us by quantum mechanics. Brothers, I want you to know that although these podcasts may seem to have gone deeply spiritual, everything I offer here and teach in the academy is rooted in science. Of course, that science is the new age science of quantum physics. So, while I am offering the new science that has given us new explanations into how the world is, most of the rest of the world is still teaching old world math. I'm not saying that Newtonian physics is incorrect. I'm only saying that it explains a portion of what is without offering the totality of the equation. It would be like if we took an orange, a whole orange, like the fruit, not the color, but if we took the fruit, the orange, and we wanted to study the nature of the orange, and we were only studying the peel. If we did all of our testing of an orange on the peel, then by the time we got to the pulp, by the time we got inside the orange, we'd be shocked We'd be amazed, and we probably wouldn't think that any of it was still actually orange because we spent all this time studying the peel, which is completely different than the pulp. And science is kind of like that. Newtonian scientists tend to dismiss quantum physics as spirituality or philosophy because it doesn't fit their description of how the world is. Their description of how the world is is based on the orange peel, and quantum physics tells us more about the pulp of the orange which is completely different from the peel, yet still a part of the orange. So the analogy there, brothers, is that quantum physics must be merged with Newtonian physics because the totality of what is means that we have to know both of these theories. Therefore, what I'm about to tell you might be something you've never heard before because although it isn't new information, this type of thing isn't taught in schools either. Cognitive mastery is not taught in schools. Emotional ownership is not taught in schools. Quantum mechanics is not offered in public school education systems either. Why? Because it frees you from the prison of control. It opens you up to the spiritual path, which is something I've been talking about for about three years now. Who you are and what you're capable of is literally in the realm of moving mountains, brothers. And I would not be a conspiracy theorist to say that there are those who know the power of the individual human and aim to repress that capacity as much as possible. You are what you give your awareness to. Two weeks ago, I was talking about awareness. I'll say that again. So listen, you are what you will give your awareness to, what you give your attention to, which is the same thing as saying you are love. You are what you choose to love. And remember, brothers, love in this sense isn't the emotion that we think feels good, right? I'm talking about the emotion of love. I'm talking about the energetic love in opposite polarity to freedom. Love in this case means what you're focusing on, what you're giving your attention to. You are the beam of attention and whatever you focus that beam on is love. Whatever you focus your laser beam of attention on is love. That beam, that space between your self and that energy, whether it's a thought, a feeling, or a physical object, you closing the distance invisibly through your focus, through your attention between your soul, between your alpha, and that object is the choice of love. When you take your beam away from that object, when you remove your attention from that object or that energy, you're setting it free. 
Energy is either loved by you when it has your attention or it's freed by you when you let go of your attention, right? Okay, now that was two weeks ago. So let's really quickly talk about the wave-particle duality theory so you guys can understand the science of all of this and what I mean by focus, what I mean by beam, and when I talk about energy and talk about the observer. Wave-particle duality refers to the fundamental property of matter where at one moment it appears like a wave and yet another moment it acts like a particle. To understand wave-particle duality, it's worth looking at differences between particles and waves. Like It's worth beginning to explain to you guys what is a particle and what is a wave because that's the duality that we're working with. And we probably, you guys are probably familiar with particles, <laughs> right? Because that's matter. That's what we really think of when we think of matter. We talk about Newtonian physics, all the stuff we were taught in high school and college, this Newtonian physics stuff. That's really particle stuff, right? Whether we're talking about grains of sand or salt in the shaker or marbles, like spheres that we can use to simulate electrons or atoms, you know, these are all particles. Atoms and electrons are particles as well. So we can talk about marbles this way. Now, the properties of particles can be demonstrated with a marble, right? So I want you guys to understand this. The marble is a spherical lump of glass located at some point in three-dimensional space. If I flick the marble with my finger, I will impart energy to it, right? This is kinetic energy, and this is the marble moving. It takes the energy with it. It takes all that energy with it. A handful of marbles thrown it in the air come crashing down, right? They come crashing down onto the ground. All of that kinetic energy is imparting into the floor when it hits the ground, right? So we, we start with the marble of potential energy. We throw it, and all that energy that the marble is carrying with it is imparting into the ground when it hits. Now, waves are very different. Waves are spread out. Examples of waves are like water waves. Like think about the ocean, Right? I'm actually in Puerto Rico now. I'm doing a lot of surfing. So ocean, big ocean waves. How about ripples in a pond? If I drop a rock into a pond, you guys will see the ripples of waves moving out from where the rock hit the pond. And of course, sound waves and light waves are also ways to think about waves, although these waves are invisible. We don't see them. Now, if at one moment the wave is localized... At some time later, it will be spread out over a large region. And I want you guys to know that what I mean by this is that when I drop the pebble into a pond, if I drop a rock into a pond, in the beginning, when that pebble hits the water, that energy, that wave is localized. It's right there. It's right where the pebble hit the pond. Later, that wave will carry with its energy, it'll carry all that energy related to its motion. So it will move away from that localization. It will be spread out over a large region. So energy travels on the waves. Remember, energy has no mass, and all mass is energy. So I'm not talking about the particle energy that comes with mass. I'm talking about the energy that has no mass. Everything is energy, and unlike the energy of a particle, the energy of a wave is distributed over space because the wave is spread out. Now, waves are very different from particles, number one, because they don't have mass, as I've told you, but also because colliding particles will bounce off each other. Colliding waves will pass through one another and emerge unchanged, and overlapping waves can cause what's called interference, where a trough overlaps a crest, the wave can actually disappear altogether. It can actually flatten out. When you take one and add it to negative one, you get zero. And that's kind of what I'm talking about with the wave. You can take a trough and a crest, a trough of negative one and a crest of positive one, and if these create interference, the wave will flatten. It'll become a zero. Now, this wasn't a big deal. This whole science, this whole idea of waves and particles wasn't a big deal until the beginning of the 20th century, and a problem was found with the theories of light. 
because we thought light was waves. So the theories of light waves emitted from hot objects, such as hot coals in a fire or light from the sun. And this light is called black body radiation. Now, brothers, don't worry about that. You can Google that if you want. It doesn't really matter. Other than to know that these theories would always predict infinite energy. Black body radiation would always predict infinite energy for the light emitted beyond the blue end of the spectrum, which is known as the ultraviolet catastrophe. <laughs> now, the answers that scientists came up with was to assume that the energy of light waves was not continuous, but came in fixed amounts, as if it were composed of a large number of particles, like the handful of marbles that I talked about earlier in the podcast. So the notion came about that light waves act like particles, and these particles are called photons. You may have heard me talk about photons before. Now, the problem was if light that we thought was wave-like, right? Everybody thought that light was just a wave. The problem became that if light was a wave-like but also behaves like a particle, could it be that objects such as electrons and atoms, which are particle-like, can they also behave like waves? And to explain the structure and behavior of atoms, it was thought necessary to assume that particles have wave-like properties. If this is true, a particle should diffract through a pair of closely spaced holes just like a wave. And this began the experiments around quantum mechanics, quantum science. Experiments proved atomic particles act just like waves. It's the double split experiment. You've probably heard of this. It's the most well-known experiment in quantum mechanics. When we fire electrons at one side of a screen with two closely spaced holes and measure the distribution of electrons on the other side of that screen, we don't see two peaks, which would be one for each slit, right? One for each hole. Instead, we see a complete diffraction pattern, just as if we'd been using waves. Now, these notions form the basis of quantum theory. I want you guys to understand this. So that's why this is so important, because it's not just the quantum theory. <laughs> it's also understanding the observer effect and the witness effect. This is probably the most successful theory scientists have ever developed. The bizarre thing about the diffraction experiment is that the electron wave doesn't deposit energy over the entire surface of the detector, as we had expected when a wave crashing on a shore. Because when a wave crashes on a shore, if you think about an ocean wave crashing on a shore onto the beach, that energy is spread out in the wave, right? So all of the energy that's carried in the wave is spread out throughout the entire wave. As the wave hits the shore, all of that energy is dispersed. That isn't what happened in these electron experiments, the double split experiment. That's not what happened. The energy of the electron is deposited at a point, just as if it was a particle. So while the electron propagates through space like a wave, it interacts at a point like a particle. So consider an ocean wave. Consider an ocean wave, and it would be as if all the energy of that ocean wave hit one point on the beach, even though it hit the beach in all the places, right? It'd be like this big wave coming in, and then all of a sudden it just hit one spot, all that energy just came into one spot and the wave disappeared everywhere else. Then to make it even more wild, that point on the beach that the energy of the wave crashed into is based on what point on the beach you are observing. That's the observer effect. That's the witnessing effect. This is known as the wave-particle duality. Now, you may be asking, if the particle or photon propagates as a wave but deposits its energy at a point, what happens to the rest of the wave? And the answer, brothers, is that it disappears from all over space, never to be seen again. Somehow those parts of the wave distant from the point of interaction know that the energy has been lost and it disappears instantaneously. 
Here's another example. Like I told you, I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm doing some surfing out here. And if this happened with ocean waves, right, where we're all out to surfing, we got 10 surfers out there, 10 surfers on one wave. It'd be like one of the surfers on the wave would receive all the energy of the wave. And at that moment, at the moment that all the energy of the wave was under that one surfer, the ocean wave would just disappear all along the length of the beach. One surfer would be shooting along the surface of the water and the rest would be sitting calm on the surface because there's no wave there. This is what happens with photons, electrons, and even atom waves. And naturally enough, this conundrum <laughs> upset a lot of scientists, including Einstein. Albert Einstein was really upset with this. In fact, he was so upset with this that it was usually swept under the carpet and referred to as the collapse of the wave function when it was measured. Mathematically, it was causing problems because of the dual nature of matter. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with the wave-particle duality before moving on is that where is the particle? As the wave propagates, where is the particle? As the electrons move in a wave, where would the actual electron, where would the actual negatively charged lepton be? And the answer is we don't know, which makes it even more wild, right? Which makes it even more powerfully wild and so interesting and fascinating. It is located somewhere in the region of space within a dimension similar to the distribution of wavelengths that define that wave. And this, brothers is known as the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle, and for me, provides the roots of all manifestation. I would highly suggest you look this up, the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. For common everyday particles like marbles, salt, sand, their wavelengths are so small that their location in space can be accurately measured because the vibration is slowed down. This is form, this is matter, this is density, this is the third dimensional realm that we know as physical space. For atoms and electrons, this becomes less clear. Their point in space becomes less clear because their wavelengths are larger. Their vibration is faster. And when we get into the realm of thought or mental energy, the wavelengths of these energies become so long that they disappear completely and become invisible. And this, of course, allows their energy to be transmuted over space much faster, which is why we experience thoughts from across space and time while physical matter is more localized in its position. Thus, Thoughts are the first cause of pure manifestation from which we choose what we want to experience. Brothers, in the diffraction experiment, the electron wave is large, so the location of the electron is very uncertain. The electron actually travels through both slits at once, just like a wave. In terms of particles, it becomes impossible for us to really imagine this because it conflicts with everyday experience. It is the science behind the statement, everything is energy. It conflicts with our notion of reality because everything is energy. Now, Einstein worried about where the particle is actually located and decided information was missing in the quantum theory. Okay, now Einstein is, <laughs> you guys know Albert Einstein. You got to know Albert Einstein, right? He's so upset about this. He's like, where's the particle? We got to find out where the particle is located because if we don't find out where the particle is located, then there's some problem. There's some information missing in this theory. The math is just not right. So in a celebrated paper on hidden variables, Einstein and his colleagues, Nathan Rosen and Boris Podolsky, you guys probably heard, you may have heard of these two guys as well. They derived two alternatives, okay? Hear me on this. Number one, either quantum theory was wrong, or two, the problem resided in our notion of reality itself. Whew. Listen to that, brothers. I'm going to say that again. Either one, quantum theory was wrong, or if quantum theory is right, then the problem is in our perception of reality, right? 
Now, a series of precise and clever experiments proved that quantum theory was correct and that our notion of reality is the problem. Quantum theory is correct, but it's not taught. It's not the end of the story, right? As you can imagine, because why is this not taught in schools? If quantum theory is correct and the problem is in our perception of reality, the problem is in how we see the world, then why is this not taught in schools? And in fact, why is the former, <laughs> why is Newtonian physics taught in schools? And at this point, the whole problem gets very difficult to get your mind around, brothers, because basically what's happening, I'm going to tell you this, and basically what's happening is the, only the brightest minds can even begin to understand this new reality. And unfortunately, our education system is not led by, taught by, organized by, or designed by the brightest minds. I hate to say that. I know there's probably a lot of teachers out there. I love teachers. I respect teachers. I think teachers are the greatest. I think to dedicate your life to teaching. I'm a teacher, right? But unfortunately, the public education system <laughs> is not led by top or designed by the brightest minds. And Richard Feynman, you guys have heard of Richard Feynman, a Nobel laureate and a very brilliant man said, I think I can safely say that nobody really understands quantum physics because it is a spiritual practice because it is a philosophy. Most people working in this field, the field of quantum mechanics, they either just get used to the concepts and move on with their lives, or they become philosophers or spiritual guides, like me, right? That's kind of the choice you have, because quantum physics is this way. It is the matrix. It is the explanation of the invisible. It is the explanation of what all of the spiritual teachers have been telling us for millennium. And so you either continue on your scientific process of just accepting that this is just a weird concept, or you make the shift into spirituality and you say, yeah, this is what they've been talking about the whole time. And as for how we educate reality, it's really just like, again, press Professor Feynman, <laughs> I'm going to quote him again and say, the paradox is only a conflict between reality and your feeling of what reality ought to be. And when I read that quote from Professor Feynman, Really what this is, it is looked at in expectation and mastered using the universal truth and the model of alignment. It's basically that. Your perception of reality is based on your conditioning of reality. You don't see the world the way it is. You see the world the way you are. That's what quantum science is telling us. That's the science, brothers. I have given you the science and I will continue to offer you the tools as well because I want you to practically utilize this information. Like the science is there. You guys can study quantum physics all you want, but how does it change your life? It changes your life through love and freedom. It changes your life through cognitive mastery. It changes your life through emotional ownership. It will not only change your life, it will prepare you for what comes next. So look, love is when you make something into a particle. Let me close this up. I'm going to close this whole podcast up in about three minutes. <laughs> okay. Love is when you make something into a particle. Okay, it's when you act as the observer, it's when you act as the witness, it's when you focus on something, on an object, when you are aware of a person or a thing, when you are bringing your attention to a person or a thing, you are loving it. That's why connection is so powerful for humans. Connection is such an important thing for human beings because that's love. Love is attention. Love is connection. Love is putting your awareness on another human being. And that is how we create that connection, through awareness, through attention. That's how we feel loved, right? With attention. That's why attention, give me your attention. That's why people crave attention. They crave connection because it's love. When you are aware of a person or a thing, you are loving it. It is you being the observer, the witness of the thing. It's you bringing the thing into its particle form. 
You are loving the thing. You are putting yourself into the energy of the thing and giving it form, giving it a position in space. You're making it a particle. And the opposite is to set it free, which returns the energy to its wave function. It delocalizes the energy back into a wave and spreads it back over infinity, which is a part of letting go, brothers. It's part of releasing. It's the whole concept between non-attachment. Non-attachment is freedom. When we love something, we become attached to it, right? We're focusing on it. We're engaged with it. To set that thing free is required because if we don't set it free, what do we do? We think we own it. We begin to want to possess it. And then we create fear of losing it and the jealousy around somebody stealing it. So we can't attach to what it is what we're loving. We can't attach to what it is that we're giving our attention to. We have to always be setting things free. When you focus on something, you love it, you manifest it. When you set something free, you let it go, and it returns to the all-oneness of wave energy. Everything is experienced this way when you are in the process of presence and spirit. The Alpha State. Next week, brothers, I will conclude the content on love and freedom. And until then, elevate your Alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the Alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.